Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Wednesday, January 3rd. Once a month, we have an opportunity to catch up with third-term Republican State House Representative Luke Merriman, representing District 89 in the lower chamber. He joins us via the phone this morning. Luke, good morning. Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to you as well. Glad you are with us. If you have a question for the representative, Luke will be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450. 616-395-1450. Even though individual lawmakers have been busy in districts, working with constituents, having their offices still handling constituent matters, there has not been basically a working session of the legislature in terms of voting and business sessions for almost two months. That ends a week from today, the uh, 10th. And uh, let's just say back to back to action and hopefully back to some constructive action in 2024. Yes, we'll see, Gary. It has been uh, since the late 1800s that the legislature has um kind of quit session as early as it did uh, early November. It it has been it has been a while and I would think, you know, we talked about this before about the fact that, uh, yeah, there are many things that still need to be done. Some that, of course, are on your plate dealing with uh, school safety and school security that you'd like to have seen done before the uh, two-month layoff. Uh, but also the fact that, uh, you know, for some, there's no chance for having bad legislation be passed uh, uh, <laughs> during the time that uh, lawmakers weren't in session. First of all, uh, do you see anything really being done in the House prior to April when the uh, replacements for the two state lawmakers that did win mayoral elections this past November, uh, the replacements are installed? That's yet to be seen. I think we'll find out more um, as we uh, come back into session next Wednesday. I think it's important to note that, you know, what we have right now is an actual um, shared power situation where it's evenly split, Democrats, Republicans. And I guess what we're looking for as Republicans, in a general sense, is that acknowledgement from the Democrats. Um, and and so those those discussions are ongoing right now. Uh, with Democrat leadership, uh, just that this is a time that we can get a lot of bipartisan stuff done. Um, but that doesn't mean then that they can turn around when they have majority and start right in on uh, some of the things that I think have hurt Michigan the most. So um, that's an ongoing discussion about how much is going to get done uh, before April. Um, I'd give it a 50-50 shot that we would uh, do do much. Ideally, 
Luke, ideally, we would see something done in the interest of bipartisanship and the interest of uh, really putting the state interests first. But you know as well as I do that uh, the political landscape right now is uh, more of a case of if there is any bipartisanship being done, uh, those who are pushing for it will feel as if they're going to be undercut by their uh, 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 by their support because they're you know cow towing to the opposition. In the case of Republicans, the label "rhino" would be slapped on them by some. Uh, it's almost as if it's you know you got to have political courage to be bipartisan these days. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, unfortunately, that seems to come with trifecta that's there now and uh i think kind of extreme measures that have been taken and passed whether it's concerning abortion or um uh, unions and it's just it's created quite a rough and toxic environment in lansing and uh you know if we had one house or one senate in republican hands uh, it would have a different feel um, it is, it, it's, it is a hard time to be bipartisan. There are still good relationships across the aisle. I have many myself, um, but that it's certainly strained. Um, and I can point directly to the school safety stuff. <clears throat> Not that it's just when, when that hard stuff happens, when the things that um, you know, get right to my core. When they're happening on the House floor, it, it just really takes all the action out of the room um, for even the bipartisan stuff. So uh, it's an unfortunate time, but um, it's a time that we're at, and we as a people in the state of Michigan, and, and we need to continue to step forward as best we can. If you got a question for State House Representative Luke Merriman, he'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Luke, uh, how much of a concern are you hearing some scuttlebutt more than anything else, maybe not direct contact, but certainly uh, uh, some of the uh, people you've been talking to how much of a concern about the situation involving possibly redrawing some district lines, especially in the House, how much of a concern is that among members of the House that, uh, um, let's just say, they may not know whether or not they're going to be continuing to represent the district they are or they're going to be put into another district and they may have to run against another incumbent this fall instead of... Uh, you know, being assured that, uh, you know, their seat's okay for the rest, for the, for the year. The situation in Detroit certainly has uh, some people, especially I think on the other side of the aisle, a little concerned. Well, it is. And I think um, the African-American population over there in Detroit and the, in, in the kind of the black caucus that really uh, spearheaded this lawsuit saying that, you know, the way the districts are drawn over there by the, the new independent commission um, was against federal law. And that's what was decided as, as, as being true. And there's, you know, a certain number of districts have to be redrawn now 
which then will have somewhat of a ripple effect out to at least double that. Um, but I think it points to the real root of the problem is the Independent Redistricting Commission and their uh, ignoring a federal law uh, concerning uh, majority-minority districts. And so now those do have to be redrawn, and I expect that um, that will probably happen quite quickly. And if the Independent Redistricting Commission can't get it right a second time, the judges might step in and, and redraw them themselves in order to have district lines drawn soon, within a month or two, um, because those you know primaries are coming up and debt ballots need to be printed soon. And it definitely is going to affect um, things as they are, but I would put almost all the blame on the redistricting commission for ignoring federal law. I scratch my head about this redistricting commission, the way it's set up and, you know, the, the voters approved it and, you know, trying to stop the gerrymandering. But what I scratch my head about more than anything else is the fact that, uh, it just almost seems as if you don't need any qualifications to be a part of this, uh, uh, a commission uh, like uh, this afternoon, the third, uh, there's going to be a live stream random selection of who's going to replace these three commissioners. And, you know, the only prerequisite has got to be, you know, X amount has to be independent, X amount Republican, X amount Democrat. And it doesn't matter if you have any knowledge of election law, any knowledge of, uh, you know, uh, uh, neighborhoods and regions and, you know, shared interests. It's almost as if, you know, you're just drawing it by numbers and you you don't need any experience. And we get situations like what we have now when we have people who maybe aren't as qualified to make these decisions as maybe others who should be. Yeah, I can... <clears throat> I can understand the perspective of trying to take politics out of drawing the district lines. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, politics lives within us um, just naturally. And it's not a bad thing. But um, when you try to make it completely uh, nonpartisan, that's where I think the biggest danger is because you pretend it's nonpartisan. And yet you end up with situations like this where I think it was partisan. And, you know, there was a real effort to draw out those Detroit Democrat seats as far out in the suburbs as it can, like a wagon wheel. Um, and I think the intention was uh, to make more, frankly, Democrat seats. And that got in... Um, in trouble with the federal law, but it was supposed to be nonpartisan, and I don't see what they did as being nonpartisan. I see it as being very partisan, and they're hiding behind the idea that they were. So the old way that we had it, it was, you know, who is in control of the House gets to redraw the lines, and it's worked for over 100 years. Um, and if you look at the districts now, how can you suggest that they are less, there's less gerrymandering? I mean, just pull up a map and look at them. Um, I, I don't think what we had was extremely gerrymandered. 
um, I think what we have now is, is even more. But that's my opinion, and uh, we'll see how this works out with the federal court and how soon we get new dr- districts redrawn. If you got a question for State House Representative Luke Merriman of Coopersville, third-term Republican, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Officially, Luke represents District 89 in the State House. Luke, I want to get your thoughts about a press release that was uh, sent out through the Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity last week, headlined, UIA says latest audit addresses pandemic-era issues either resolved or addressed in agency reforms. And here's the sub-headlines on this. Agency-led crackdown resulted in charges against 162 fraudsters and 90 convictions, more than $90 million recovered. Director Julia Dale established a UIA UIA fraud-fighting bureau led by attorney recruited to lead fraud crackdown, an antiquated Snyder-era technology system to be replaced as part of a sweeping UIA reform agenda. Your thoughts about, in my opinion, a little bit of tooting one's horn when maybe all of this reform and correctionness is just window dressing. I don't know. Maybe you have more insight on this. I have no idea. Yeah, it was very disappointing um, to watch the unemployment agency function in the middle of the pandemic. Um, A year after the pandemic, at one point, the director of the unemployment agency was in front of a, um, a, a committee at the, in the House answering questions, and the unemployment director at that point blamed myself for some of the fraud. And uh, the reason, the way they got to that, um, suggesting that you know the House Michigan Republicans, specifically Luke Merriman, was partially responsible for the fraud, was I had sent a letter signed by a couple of Democrats and most of the Republicans to Governor Whitmer about six months after the pandemic started, and we were in the middle of the real struggle that we all saw, and all everybody had friends that either couldn't get it or you know we we saw fraud as well. Um, and I just sent a letter saying we lost faith in you know in the leadership of the unemployment. Um, and uh, that was was answered uh, in a form letter. Thank you for your letter. We hear what you're saying. But over a year after that, that's when the unemployment director said publicly in the committee hearing, we felt we needed to start handing money out. Since, you know, they felt the letter was suggesting to them that, you know, people weren't getting their unemployment, and that was true. But um, we had a broken unemployment system before the pandemic, and we added all those people into the system. Um, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Michigan is one of the worst places, one of the worst places for fraud. It was not unusual. Many other states struggled with it, uh, but Michigan was one of the worst. And it did take up most of our time in the first eight months of the pandemic 
uh, unemployment. And I'm talking about myself and our staff, um, just really trying to help people. Uh, it is an agency that I don't have a lot of faith in, unfortunately, and I think they're trying to throw blame on Governor Snyder for a system that they say uh, was outdated, which could very well be the case. Um, but they dealt with a lot of fraud there. They had people on the inside uh, handing money out fraudulently. Some some of them went to jail. Um, we had people from out of the United States, you know, scamming, getting money. Um, it's a system, an unemployment agency that I still don't have a lot of faith in. Uh, and we're talking about $245 million dollars. People that were dead in prison or outside the typical age. Um, uh, six months ago, I just was able to help resolve something for a hairdresser. Um, one of they were being told by the unemployment agency, "You owe us forty thousand dollars," and uh, this is this worked in this in this case. Um, but they went back in and found out the person that claimed the unemployment in the case of this hairdresser, one of the employees, wasn't even old enough to claim unemployment. And that's a little bit of a longer story, but that's just uh indication of the kind of fraud that went on. In this case, one of the employees at the unemployment agency went in and changed some things, uh, some information on this hairdresser uh, illegally. So, um, there's a real problem there. I real, I'm not very sure at all that anything's really been fixed. Look, before I go any further, uh, because Michigan's term limits, uh, uh, laws have been changed. Uh, you can serve longer than three, two year terms in the state house. What are your plans for 2024? Are you planning to run for reelection or are you stepping down or what? Uh, yes, I'm planning on running. Um, appreciate the question. I think it's a little bit of a tradition, Gary, that uh, it kind of gets announced here uh, sort of first. So we will be filing soon, and uh, uh, we will we'll see what people decide this coming August and uh, in November again. All right, that takes care of that. You mentioned this a month ago, and I want to revisit it because of the fact that things you might want to see done in 2024. You mentioned this when our conversation last month about trying to get immigrant doctors to be able to practice in Michigan. Can that be done? Or is that something that may have to wait until after uh, the November election? No, it, it definitely can be done. I'm working with a couple of Democratic colleagues. We had a nice conversation just a few weeks ago. Um, my next conversation today is going to be with the hospitals. Um, it's something that's happening in other states, Democrat and Republican states. And um, my two Democrat colleagues are pretty um, interested and excited. And um, Anyway, I definitely think this is a bipartisan issue. And uh, we had some discussions as well with uh, Michigan State Medical Society. Uh, just trying to kind of line up the dots and make sure that we're uh, getting everybody to the table to, to talk about this issue. And, you know, basically the idea is if somebody's practicing in another country 
And and we are kind of listing out where they got their medical license from. You know, it can't be just any country in the world. But uh, if they're practicing in another country and they've been there more than five years, um, there should be a way that they don't have to come through our residency program here in Michigan. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of states working on this. I believe there's uh, 15 that have worked on it already and um, uh, another handful that are currently working on it. Um, making sure that we have uh, qualified medical doctors in Michigan and yet making sure at the same point it's, you know, Michigan is a, is a place that can happen as easily as possible. You know, we all know the medical shortages that we have here, especially in the, in the sense of doctors. So uh, I'm still really excited about it, and it's, it's one of the things I, I think we could see across the finish line as well. Speaking about things you'd like to see across the finish line, where are we standing on some of your school safety initiatives uh, since you've been very much involved with this ever since? Uh, you know, it, it's been a while, a, a lengthy process. A lot of it's uh, focused on what happened after November 30th of 2021 with the shootings over in Oxford High School. Uh, uh, are we going to see some uh, more things done in 2024? Yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, that's the uh, that's the intent, and uh, I think I think we'll have some hearings and committees, even if we, the House, aren't meeting and, and taking many votes. But I think committees will meet, and hopefully, they'll, these bills will be waiting on the House floor. You know, having been voted out of committee, out of the Education Committee, um, so that they can be acted on by the by the full House. Yeah. We've got some good language back from Michigan State Police. We had one of the bills uh, they wanted us to modify. So uh, that's been done. And, yeah, it's obviously more of a, more of a process than I thought it would take, but um, we're, we're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, that, of course, is something that uh, uh, some people brought up uh, on the two-year anniversary of the shootings uh, in Oxford, saying that uh, really not a lot has been done since. Uh, we have the Mich- Michigan State situation as well. Uh, uh, it is something that is crying for us, a, a, a reasonable solution that, um, you know, it, it, it does not infringe on rights, but also protects people. Yeah. And if I think if you look at, uh, the guidepost report came out, I think just before we talked last time, um, and that is a report paid for by the board of school board of Oxford. And it points, uh, to a lot of training. Um, and things that were missed. And so if you look at the bill package that we have, um, I, I think it really could could be instrumental and, and, and helpful in an overall sense. So, um, yeah, hopefully that will uh, drive some of my colleagues to to jump on and let's, let's try to get this done. If you need to get a hold of Representative Luke Merriman's office, his, phone number, his office phone number is 517 517- Three seven three zero eight three eight five one seven three seven three zero eight three eight. 3738 517 and online go to gophouse.org and scroll down the uh, drag down menu to Representative Luke Merriman District 89 Luke as always thank you very much if all goes well we'll chat in about a month awesome Happy New Year. Happy New Year to Luke Meerman.